the Good Luck High Five, episode 397. That's right. We are a podcast that's for you. If you play or like or love Magic the Gathering, or even if you just like hearing about it and you're like, I don't know about playing it, but wow, my friends talk about it. So (laughs) let's stay informed. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's episode, we are taking a trip back in time. We're hopping in the back in time train, which is the classiest way to make a time yeah. travel machine that only goes backwards the same way trains do. No, way. No, they only go forwards, Maria. <laughs> we can't get in a back in time train. A train You're moves right. one direction You're at right. all okay. times. It is forward in space and forward in time. So what is our machine we're going backwards in time? A DeLorean. It only goes backwards, though. <laughs> oh. It only goes backwards. I feel like that's like any speculative time travel machine, right? Well, it has like, to. You have we... to think if there's going to be a time travel machine. Yeah. The first one that's ever made. I bet you it only goes one way and it's going to be it's going to be like some you got to volunteer to never come back. Well, you can travel time travel to the future. That is something you can do. But wait, no. you mean like we're all just doing it? Well, that yes. <laughs> but also you can time future time travel is possible. Like we, if you go at the speed of light, if you go fast enough. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Okay. And if we were but able that's to more just like time is passing differently for you than it is for the world. But I mean, it is time travel. <laughs> it is time travel. You're not wrong. Okay. Like and if you went even faster or whatever, you would. Yeah, it would work. It's proven. Yeah. But nobody has been able to go backwards that we know of. Yeah. That we know of is a big one. Except for us on this episode today. (laughs) We're going to be the first ones to publicly announce we're time traveling. Traveling into the past. Into the past. In our bathtub, I've decided. And uh, time traveling tub. Yeah. It's really cute. Um, Do you remember that there was a train in the third Back to the Future? (laughs) Yes, but it's the worst Back to the Future. I know. I was going to say, we could also all pretend like we don't remember it because the movie didn't happen. Do you know, I recently watched Back to the Future 2, my personal favorite Back to the Future. Wow. Which is a hot take. And um, they uh, had a preview for Back to the Future 3 at the end of Back to the Future 2. Oh. Like they had already shot part of it <laughs> and they just put it on like, what well, we're coming back. We know this is going to be a hit. So oh, don't worry. Number three is coming. We know it's going to be a hit. And I remember that from when I was little too. And I was like, oh, wow, yes, there's going to be another Back to the Future. And it was bad. Yeah. Anyways, what we're saying is that in preparation for the Mythic Invitational that's coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend, yes. we thought we would take a little jaunt back in time, starting about when we started playing. So yeah. um, around Return to Rabbit gate crash that era and just talk about like what we remember from pro tours yes this is a great experiment because we get to go through and think about all of the decks that did really well like what's all the weird stuff that we remember the happening cool memories and people yeah and um really kind of we've got some really splashy moments we really do <laughs> as we looked back through these tournaments we also have tournaments where we're like that happened? I don't remember that at all. All right. But even if you weren't around or paying attention to competitive magic during those times, it'll be really fun to go on this journey with us because we'll introduce you to stuff that maybe people refer to and you're like, what yeah. was that? We're going to tell you what that was yep. and like have a historical lens on it now too to be like, this deck won this tournament and now we can, he- we're in, we're in the future. Now we're in the future. We time traveled. Wait. 
Our time travel machine does go both ways. Oh, it does. Well, all right, whatever. Uh, yeah, I feel like I definitely started caring more about big premier tournaments once I like was more familiar with them. Yeah. So we want to give you an opportunity to become familiar, and then you can decide like, yeah. is this something I want to tune in for? Get hyped about because we certainly get hyped for it. Absolutely, and it'll be we'll make it less scary if you're like, oh, that's too much yeah. like competitive talk, or I don't know the players or the decks or what the tournament structure. We We're will help get you out. Get you ready. So you will be ready for this next one coming up because it's historic, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. For the very first time on like a premier tournament. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, it's our, it's going to be like a really big show. I have an article coming up this week, I think. Great. The second sometime this week. Yeah. That's about the other two times that a format has like ever debuted, which is modern in 2011. The first time modern was ever played at a pro tour. And then pioneer at the players tours this spring. And those are really exciting times. And we're going to get to see historic on the big stage for the first time, kind of cementing what the top decks are in that format officially with the official format stamp, (laughs) which is actually not a stamp, but a seal in wax. Wow. Fancy. Super fancy. But before we do any of that, big thank you to everybody who supports our show on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. You are all the coolest coolest people that we possibly could ever know it's so true yeah. we started mailing out pins for patron pledge drive month awesome ages ago um the first batch went out you will have gotten a message if i sent it to you that says let us know if this arrived because the post office has you know you know it's going through some it's stuff doing, it's doing its own things <laughs> So, uh, you know, keep an eye out on your mail and on your Patreon message inbox. Yes. You can get a little note from us. Uh, and th- yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited um, that we're in our office. Like last week, I got to mail out 10 boxes, like 10 swag boxes to people. Great. And I felt so great about it. It was so exciting in my we heart. Love it. I feel them be like, I'm like, I, I hope that they're as excited to receive this as I am to send it. Yay. Um, so thank you so much to everyone. And yeah. remember, you can now do an annual membership to good luck high five it's super easy get it done in one fell swoop automatically trigger your reward for whatever level you're at or you can pledge in your home currency i've seen a couple of people switching currencies now over to british pounds or over to euros if that's preferable to you those things are all at your disposal over on patreon.com slash glhf magic remember our special two months free for a yearly membership bonus ends at the end of uh the 30 days that we gave you last episode so just keep that in mind if you want to lock in that super sweet two months free bonus right now thank you as well to our sponsor card kingdom a wonderful place to get all of your magic needs and they are ready for zendikar rising me too they are getting ready for it they have they'll have two landing pages both for zendikar rising and zendikar rising commander yeah there's going to be two new commander decks specifically for zendikar rising which i love when they release these pre-cons honestly i love playing with them heads up so uh super cool stuff and you can buy them over on cardkingdom.com slash glhf that's our affiliate link pre-orders are open now sick get it done get it done just one of the best Places that we have like the pleasure of working with. Yeah, they're so what awesome. Lovely people. What lovely people. What a lovely company. Check them out. All right, Maria, are you ready to dive into the past? Hold on, I've got to turn on our bathtub time machine. <laughs> Oh, 
I noticed that you turn on the cold water and then the hot water. Is this always cold water? Always on the right hand side. Always? You turned this one and then you turned this one. But it's cold water always on the right hand? I'm pretty sure it's basically always on the right. I had no idea. Really? Yeah. I feel like maybe there's some exceptions, but I think that generally I would say that every <laughs> faucet I've ever used or tub... Right hand side cold, left hand side hot. This is just classic me doing something for literally my entire life and thinking, yeah, maybe one day I should figure out like what is the right way to do this or like what <laughs> what's the right way to turn on your bathtub? <laughs> because like I just kept been well, it works, so I'm gonna keep doing it and I'm not uh-huh. gonna take the time, which is probably five seconds, to know which tap is which hot and cold. Wow. I can't I imagine knew not knowing that. Yeah, I don't know. I did not know that. Well, anyways. <laughs> If you didn't know that, tweet at us at GLH of Magic with the hashtag, I didn't know cold. I feel like my brain sometimes is like a little, um, do you remember the game Katamari Damacy? Yeah. It's like that little sticky ball that you roll around and it just picks up whatever you roll it over. It's going to hold on to us somewhere in there. Well, right now we're rolling Anyways. over all the past pro tours yes. in the history of Magic. Starting with PT I mean, Gate Crash. Our, yes, man, so our history. Our history. <laughs> uh, PT Gate Crash was February 2013. Wow. So we started playing the game around October of 2012. Yes. So, um, But this is like the first one that I remember happening. Did you watch it? No. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what the first one I watched was. I I've wish I could. P- I've seen snippets of video from it. Specifically because the reason why we have this one down is Melissa DeTora was the first woman to top eight a pro tour. Yes. Um, she was playing Bant Control, which had Thrag Tusk and Ugh. Restoration a- Angel. Melissa, how could you? What? We all love that Thrag Tusk boy. And can you imagine flickering it with a Resto Angel? I cannot. Ah, I would not do this to great. you. Great. <laughs> great stuff. So, like, you gained a million life and you took yep. forever, basically. Exactly. <laughs> what's happening here. Well, you eventually um, won with Wolf Run, like... Something. Oh, Kessig Wolf Run. Yes, you ran, you won with Kessig Wolf Run. Oh, I see. Um. Anyways, like so that's what I remember from that. That's the reason why it's on here. Melissa Detour, in case you don't know who she is, is one of the best pro players, uh, women pro players of all time, and now works at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, on their like, play design team. In her dream job, everybody. I know. So she really did it. And it's really great. She's a great person, yeah. too. And the whole thing got taken down by Tom Martell playing Aristocrats. Yeah. Interesting. So, you okay. know, one of the last times that deck was like a thing. Yeah, gosh. Um, then came uh, Pro Tour Dragon's Maze in 20, May 2013. Uh, this was Block Constructed. Do you remember Block Constructed? You know what? I do, Megan. I really enjoyed Block Constructed, but that like it appears that not many people shared my sentiment. Okay, so what is Block Constructed, just in case you don't know? Block Constructed is exactly what it sounds like. Um, it is a constructed format, but instead of like standard, which has like whatever sets aren't in rotation, or modern, which is everything since tenth or whatever, um, it's everything in the block. Yep. And those blocks used to be three sets. So that's like quite a deep card pool. Yeah. The problem was that sometimes people would recognize like the main deck and then that's what it was. Yeah. And, and also just like the viewership wasn't great. I think people were kind of like, cause eh. you know, cause you didn't play and it there any wasn't, other time. Exactly. There wasn't any other time that block constructed was, was played. Yeah. But I remember being sad when they took it away. I was like, yeah, I get too. it, but it, it was cool to see what people came up with. Yes, exactly. So this was the block of like return to Ravnica gate crash dragon's maze. Wow. Um, Craig Wesco won it with green, white aggro. <gasps> I do remember show, that. Craig Wesco. Yes. Um, 
His deck had four copies of Judges Familiar. Unbelievable. A 1-1 one, one bird. And it also played Civic Saber, which is like some janky little artifact equipment. Of course. Craig Wesco, famous for playing white-based weenie decks. Yeah. Uh, taking down the tournament here. and Voice of Resurgence. That's another card that oh, I remember. Voice of like, Resurgence. Because Supreme Verdict was in the format, but it leaves a token when you wrath. Yeah, it, it, what is its power and toughness equal to the number of creatures? The number of creatures you, you control? control. But yeah. like when the, you know, when voice dies. Um. Oh, art by Winona Nelson, I want to say. Oh, I think one that's of, right. One of my yeah. favorite magic arts, Voice we of Resurgence. We have a print of Voice of Resurgence. Yes, look it up if you've never seen it. It's, it's pretty really cool. beautiful. Yeah. Wow, great, great PT. I, yeah. I want to say like well, back when I was watching these Pro Tours in the early days, before now we work on them, which is kind of just completely mind wild. <laughs> Um, but I would sit at my house and this is when I had like a fireplace and my TV was mounted over it. So if it was winter, I'd turn on the fireplace, have uh-huh. my TV, go make a big batch of pizza rolls. I was rolls. about to say, Maria, I know what you're, I like, we all knew it was coming. Yep. The go pizza get the rolls. pizza rolls out of the oven. I probably made them with fries too. Let's be real. Go and sit on my couch with a Diet Mountain Dew. And it was like the happiest this, These are back moments. in the days that used to crush Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I would have like three, four a day. Oh. Then I had a kidney stone, everyone. Yeah. Don't be like I me. I imagine that you did. <laughs> Don't be like me. Don't get that kidney stone. It was terrible Oof. as advertised. Wow. So now I don't do that anymore. But yeah. th- th- those are very happy memories for me yeah. watching these tournaments. It was like w- a warm, magical hug. This is this next one is the one that I remember watching. Like this is my first, I think like I spent the weekend and I think I watched most of the tournament great, great. and it was uh, pro tour Theros in October, 2013. It was standard. And this was like devotion decks hit, right? We had never oh, had yeah. anything like a devotion deck ever before because that mechanic was brand new and there was nothing like That's it. That's right. And you were just starting to play standard at this yes, point. I played the mono blue devotion deck during the standard. And I was not playing standard. I was not interested. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm drafting. Have a nice day. Look at you now. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. I re- recall being like, yeah. what is Megan doing? Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I just yeah. it didn't have an appeal for me then for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeremy Dizani won with mono blue devotion that's right also had judges familiar law cards op i guess yeah exactly master of waves which made all the little elemental tokens great card uh night veil specter most notable because it was like three hybrid blue black mana so it had three blue mana symbols yeah and you stole a card from your opponent like if you hit if you dealt damage to them you got to exile the top card of the library and you could you could play it or cast it that was a great card um yeah it was a really good card and i remember makihiro mahara had like an early build of mono green devotion and this went some really different directions later on but he had like arbor colossus that was a 10 10 um it was like a 6 6 that i think became a 10 10 or like Oh, it was a rare. I remember that. It was three green, green, green. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. For like three green, green, green for like a six, six or two green, 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 even maybe like five mana for a six, six. It was under costed fatty. I recall that. (laughs) (laughs) My nickname in college. Anyway. (laughs) We were all thinking it, Megan. All right. Uh, can you look up Arbor Colossus though? Yeah, because I this look is up Arbor Colossus. But Mono Green, the reason you mentioned like early build of Mono Green Devotion is because Mono Green Devotion became a huge thing yes, later, later on. on. But it like 
like mono black and mono blue became popular before it. Yes. And I remember kind of like messing around with the mono black devotion deck back in the, in these days, like when you were playing and I was like, Oh, I I should play a deck to play against Megan. Mm -hmm. And I tried that one out, but still it didn't stick. Here's one. Uh, Here's Arbor Colossus. Two green, green, green for a six, six. Oh, yep. With reach. Three green, 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 monstrosity. Three, so it becomes a nine, nine. Okay. When Arbor Colossus becomes monstrous, destroy target creature with flying and opponent controls. Weird. Somebody yeah. was playing this in standard? Yes. Makinamara. Doesn't seem good enough, but I, I guess mean, like, whatever. I mean, again, it has those three green mana symbols, I think yeah, is part of it. Is you have reason. like Nylea, which has a good activated ability, I want to say. Pelucranos, remember monstrosity oh, X yeah. P- on Pelucranos? very good. And, re- and remained a part of the mono green devotion strategy. Yes, absolutely. Into the future. Um, and then this deck did not make as much of a splash as mono blue, but it went on to dominate the format, which was mono black devotion. Oh, Kintaro yeah. Yamamoto made top eight with this. Obviously, it had like the classics. Pack Rat. Unbelievable. A gray Merchant of Asphodel. How did this deck not win? Like, I, exactly. With Pack Rat? Ugh. Do you remember Pack Rat? That card is busted in half. Yes. Pack Rat is a disgusting card. Can I give you a Pack Rat story? Yes. After you, can you pull up Pack Rat? Because I want to read yeah, it for absolutely. The, the good people at also, home. Also, I was very surprised when we were looking over this. I was like, there was a mono, there was a mono red devotion in this top eight. I was like, what? Anyways. Huh. Who well, knows I mean, what was happening? I guess you got to try it out. Mm-hmm. So I recall Pack Rat like being <laughs> basically like the, the card you need to take down a tournament. Maybe it's coming up. Um, but... I played it in a draft back in the, I think maybe yeah. our first draft we ever played at Mead Hall, which yeah. is our old LGS. And I drafted Pack Rat, which is one in a black for a rat, star, star, power and toughness. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of rats you control. Two in a black, discard a card, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of Pack Rat. So you cannot get rid of it. Like you have to. You can't kill it. You have to kill it. You have to wrath it. Yeah. And there's no other way. Otherwise, Pack Rat gets completely out of control. It gets out of hand. And there's nothing you can Ugh. do. And I drafted it and I played what with it. What a little nightmare. Completely wrong. Because I didn't like play it and then activate it. I let it die. I left it <laughs> vulnerable to removal when I should have uh, been able to at least I just give remember it like activation. that card was unbeatable in draft. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like there's nothing you can do about it. No. They just make a million Pack Rats. GG. Pack rat GG. Yeah, good day forever. <laughs> I wish that's what you said at the end of the game. <laughs> good day forever. <laughs> you know what we say at the end of a game? Good, good day, day forever. forever. GDF. Yep. Uh, next up was Pro Tour Born of the Gods in Valencia in February 2014. This was modern. I don't remember anything about this except that Sean McLaren won with Just Guy Control. Uh, Randomly, uh, I don't know how that fact held on in my brain, but it did. did were we playing modern at this point even? No, not so at all. that's probably why we did. Birthing Pod was still legal. Splinter oh, t- Twin was still legal. Yes, I got Splinter Twin to my yep. first GP I ever played. I also did. Yep. And I didn't know what was happening. My I didn't opponent know had to explain to me. I was like, what's going on? They were like, I have an infinite combo. And I was like, I don't understand. And they're like, I make a million of these. Yeah, and birthing. I, like, I also okay. got Birthing Pod. Yeah. I also got Birthing Podded. Yeah. I got, were like, we the same person? <laughs> <laughs> we did both play Boggles, Boggles at yeah. our first modern tournament. Yeah, that's a magic fact Megan would like to bury, but it's it true. It really would. <laughs> Put it in a grave. <laughs> Next um, up, Pro Tour and, Journey into Nyx. Yeah, this is the last block constructed Pro Tour. Oh. Um, the only thing I remember is that Reaper of the Wilds was from that block. It was like the little black green death toucher. 
I didn't, it did some cool stuff. I and I was like, remember. oh, look, this is, it's like a fine rare. And it was like, or it's like a good rare. It was a good rare in the set. And it like block constructed the power level is such that it was in some standard or in some constructed hey, decks. That, that is a fun feature of block constructed. Yes. I will say that. Do you know what was really cool? Um, I do remember that there were some really cool constellation decks because there was oh, the, yeah. there was the Eidolon, the green Eidolon that yep. when another enchantment enters, you draw a card. Yeah. So there were like ways that people went off oh, cool. with like drawing a ton of cards with that. I do remember those. That sounds like, a, that sounds like really cool decks you could have seen there. They were. And that's, I think maybe that's why when they said it was going away, I got sad because that like that to me, I remember watching that tournament and being like, oh, but there were just some really cool decks at that block constructed event. Yeah. Dang. Well, maybe one yeah. day. Maybe. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> Pro Tour uh, Magic 2015 in Portland of August 2014. Uh, this is forever. Maybe my favorite Pro Tour Ooh, finals of all time. Okay. Because it is the PT where Yvonne Flock won with the no-win Azorius control list. Wait, how did he win with a no-win deck, Megan? So this one is the one that had Elixir of Immortality in it. So you would just like cast all, you know, you're, you're like drawing cards and casting spells and eventually you just like shuffle your graveyard back into your library and your opponent is just at the point where you have a million cards in hand and they have nothing and you're going to never deck because you have Elixir of Immortality. Awful. Awful. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. But he did win with creatures because in the sideboard were Nyx Fleece Rams, which were the Constellation 05 that on your upkeep you... Get, or like you gain when, a life. You or gain whatever. a life, yes. Um, and <laughs> Archangel of Thune, which when you gain a life, you put uh, a counter on each of your your creatures. Uh, and so, so he had like he big. had like enormous Nyx fleece, right? Like these little dinky O fives were just enormous beefy attackers. I love it. It okay. was so good. Like that to me, I think that that is probably my favorite. That has to be my favorite Pro Tour Finals of all time. I mean, look, the deck's an abomination, but that is a very funny way to <laughs> an win. Abomination. <laughs> this is gorgeous. Oh, back in the days of Supreme Verdict and Sphinx's Revelation. What a perfect world. And like right at, in the sideboard, if you were playing against creature decks, you had a win con like yep. you had Archangel. Mm -hmm. I remember that. You're not just going to make people suffer forever needlessly. <laughs> Even though you probably want to. Even though that's what your deck was built to do <laughs> in its original configuration. <laughs> Next up, Pro Tour Cons of Tarkir happened in Honolulu in October of 2014 playing Standard. Yeah. The only thing I remember about this one is Li Shitian made the top eight with that Jeskai Ascendancy deck. Oh, just remember that? Ascendancy. It was, it's like a, it was a sick combo deck. And everything else in that top, it was like, you, you can see Ari Lax one with like Abzan midrange. Probably and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but Cedrino, Probably. Yeah. Must yeah. have been. Must have been. Ugh. Why else would you play Abzan midrange? Uh, Let's get real. And Li Shi Tian was in there, was uh, with that Jeskai Ascendancy deck. And it was, I was like, at least there's this. It was so fun. Do you remember what the combo was? You have Jeskai Ascendancy, which like makes, which untaps your creatures. Maybe it gives them plus one, plus one whenever you cast a non. 
Something like that. Non-creature a, spell. A non-creature spell. And then you had you had Dig Through Time and Gross. Treasure Cruise. Wow. Those were like the big things, right? And then you had Sylvan Carrioted, which untapped, right? Like, so you could yeah. tap it for mana, and then you would cast a non-creature spell, and then Ascendancy would untap it. And then, like, eventually you would do something where you could attack with one of these things that had, def- like, it would lose Defender, and you could attack with it for, like, literally just 20 in one shot. Wow. Um, there were ways that you could mill them. There was like altar of the something. Oh yeah, because couldn't you choose on just guy ascendancy? No, you would mill them with um this thing like oh what was it? Chess Altar. Um I don't remember. I remember a Jeskai Ascendancy deck in Modern that likely came out of this um, standard environment. The Modern one came first. Oh, the Modern one came first? It was more busted. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember playing against Jeskai Ascendancy when it still had Dig Through Time and it still had Treasure Cruise. Oh, yeah. So you had Altar of the Brood, which is one mana for an artifact. Whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent puts the top card of his or her oh. library into his or her graveyard. And you, so you would do something like, I don't remember, like... Maybe you had, like, Retraction Helix. I think you had Retraction Helix to, like, bounce something again and again and just play it again Holy and again. Holy cow. Yeah. It was really... It was very cool. That's really neat. And I just remember him in that topic, he, like, really needed to draw a card to win, and he would, like, like slide it across the <laughs> table and, like, peek at it. I love it. It was super, super dramatic. Um, oh, yeah. That was really fun to watch for that deck. Pro Tour Fate Reforged is up next. It happened in D.C. in February of 2015. It was another modern Pro Tour. It was yeah. the Pro Tour of Amulet Bloom. And actually, so I got this wrong. That was a later one where it made a big splash. Oh, okay. There just was a copy in this one. Oh, okay. Um, and I thought that this was the one where it was really big, but that came later. Okay. Um, but, like, twin one. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Next up, Pro Tour <laughs> Dragons of Tarkir in Brussels in April of 2015, back to standard. Okay, I, re- I have it on here. I remember literally nothing about this tournament, except there was a feature match in like some of the later rounds that um, Tassiker the Golden Fang. Yeah. Remember there was like the yep. thing where you, uh, like Patrick Chapin was supposed to be looking at some cards and then drawing some cards, but they like, touched his hand yep 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 i remember and it was like a whole judge call and it went on for like 15 minutes yes and this and they didn't they didn't cut away they didn't have a plan for, at that point right for what happens and that was like the talk of that tournament was this like 15 minute long because it was so t- horribly awkward because you can't hear anything that they're saying you just see two players sitting there talking to a judge who's like leaning over the table yeah, and and patrick chapin looking like really like as always just like really intense and like yes. talking to this judge like i can't re- Oh, oh wow! That yeah, like, you're that's right. what I remember. Yes. <laughs> what is it? It's so strange that of all the things that happened at, a, at Pro Tours, like I remember that moment. Right, and because of that moment, um, I think coverage like decided, hey, we can't yeah. do that anymore. We can, we've got to cut away because it's like a private moment between yes, the players and the exactly. judge. Exactly, and it's like bad to watch. And it's, like, it's not it's good just, TV. People are, don't want to watch oh, that it was, happen. You know, I don't like the word cringe or using it, but that's exactly what that oh, yeah, was. Cringe worthy moment. <laughs> One of the few. That that we'll accept as yeah. being cringeworthy. But apparently a Tarko Red won this. Martin Dang was the first Dane to win a, a Pro Tour. Oh, good job, Martin Dang. Uh, exactly. But, you know, whatever. Pro Tour Magic Origins happened in Vancouver in August of 2015. Also a standard tournament. Mono Red Agro won this oh, tournament. I feel like 
And talking about that Atarka red one, that kind of started a streak that continues through the present yep. of aggro being a stronger performer at a pro tour than it is in the overall metagame. And because it's like early in the format, people know how to play it. It's like yep. linear to build yep. and linear to play. And so it tends to do a little bit better. It tends to like overperform here than where it does once the metagame settles down. And that's so. a great point we should point out here that these pro tours were for the most part happening very soon after the yeah. set release, which is sometimes which is not the case anymore. Not the case anymore. It was like one to two weeks after yeah. the set had released. And so nobody really knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. And the pros had to test, 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 test uh, ahead of these tournaments to make sure they were bringing something good. Whereas nowadays, the tournaments often happen way, way yeah. into a format. Like things have settled a lot more. Settled a lot more. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty different experience yeah so this doesn't happen as much but i think like for a while it was really kind of the trend yeah of mono red aggro um yol larson won it uh there were apparently there were two blue red and soul artifact decks in the top eight and i feel like i should remember that that sounds but I cool don't because it sounds so cool really cool i love in soul artifact like the giant I scissors i remembered that the scissors yes. come to life and they become a five five i think there was ornithopter in the set Wow. And like in Origins, Ornithopter was in the set. And then in Soul Artifacts, you could like on turn two make a flying 5-5. Five five. Sick. It was very cool. Great. I'm here for that deck. Right? Um, next up, Pro Tour Battle for Zendikar, Milwaukee, October 2015. This is the first one that Maria worked. <laughs> <laughs> and after uh. like Sunday night... Or the next day, like, Maria sends me a screenshot. That's the <laughs> Uber ride that she took the night before. <laughs> that was literally one quarter of a mile. Yep. One it was two quarter blocks. Let's of put it, a Let's mile. say it like it was. It was a two-block Uber ride. It was a two-block. And I paid 25 cents for it. So that's what I remember of PT Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, I worked it as a life total reporter on the yeah. floor of the feature match area, which was like an incredible experience. But I didn't see it as like a job like nowadays. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is my job. Then I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to go do this and have a party. It was like a side gig. <laughs> it was like a side. Yeah, just like a fun like vacation. That yeah. was the way I would describe it. It was like a vacation, even though that job is really hard. And what do you do on vacation? <laughs> you take, you an, take Uber, an Uber, even if it's only two blocks. two blocks. That was a long night of karaoke, I recall, and I did not remember where my hotel was. <laughs> it turns out. I had some kind of coupon on the Uber thing, too. That's why it was so incredibly low. That's but yeah, amazing. 25 cents. I can't believe any Uber driver picked it up. I can't believe it either. Why did they? <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> and I do remember, this is what I know. This is about when my hatred of Siege Rhino began to coalesce. Kazuyuki Takamura won with Abzan, Abzan yeah. and like Siege Rhino was in it. And this is about when I was like, it was really was raining on the control parade. Yeah. With that ETB effect. And I was just so mad at it. And, continues and that to continues this day. to this day. <laughs> Terrible card. <laughs> Terrible card. Next up is one of my favorite Pro Tours, actually. Yeah. This Pro is Tour. very oh. memorable. Oath of the Gatewatch. It happened in Atlanta of February 2016. It was a modern tournament. And what was it known for? Eldrazi, Eldrazi Winter, baby. So if you've ever heard anybody Ooh. talk about Eldrazi Winter, this was this it. Was it. Ooh, it was... Uh, like, so Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the Gatewatch had come out. And this is the first time that we had seen Eldrazi that were small. Yep. Because Zendikar was being overrun with these tiny Eldrazis uh, for the first time. 
And, and they were so cute. They were so cute. And in the top eight, there were three colorless Eldrazi decks, two blue-red Eldrazi, one processor Eldrazi, which was like big ones, and then two Affinity. So all colorless, quote-unquote. Yes. And um, that's it, a big deal because Modern is known for being a really diverse format with diverse top eights. And it was... It was not the case. Big time not. Like... So there were these two, like, it hadn't been an issue in Standard, obviously, yet. But it turns out in Modern, there was Eldrazi Temple, which lets which taps for a colorless or two colorless if you're casting Eldrazi spells. Yep. And Eye of Ugin, Eye of Eugene, yep. which says colorless Eldrazi spells you cast cost two less to cast. These decks were absolutely absurd. They were just... The most busted thing I've seen in my magic lifetime. Yeah, and 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 they were sitting right there. They were yes, it exactly. Was right like there they, to find tons of them out there. Um, JC Tao won with blue red Eldrazi. I loved this deck. Yes, it, it was really cool. It was a cool. You- and Team East West Bowl. Yes, um, that's right. And it, I loved it because it was playing like draft commons, like yeah. Eldrazi Sky Spawner, which yes. was like a two one flying Eldrazi Sky Spawner Fla- because you yep. could cast it for a single blue mana. Exactly. Eldrazi Mimic, oh, which yeah. was the two mana you could cast it for free. I. <laughs> you could go turn one, play an I've. Ugin and just drop Eldrazi mimics all day. Oh, it was so dumb. It was so dumb, but I loved it because the, specifically the blue red version, it had cool stuff in it like draft chaff that yeah. other decks didn't. And it was cool to see draft chaff making a big hit in yes. modern. Um, there were only a handful of modern tournaments after that before um, Ive Ugin was banned from yeah. the format. Here's a fun story from behind the scenes at this tournament. Once again, I was doing life totals down the feature match area, My and I hadn't played a whole lot of modern, like just dabbled in it, played some yeah. boggles or whatever, Which right? Which is a rough spot to be when you're trying to keep track yes. of cards in hand. You need to identify correctly all of the cards the players have in their hand and enter them in at the speed at which they're drawing and playing them. Woof. And uh, <laughs> shuffling them around like monsters so I, I can't see them. But also, I didn't recognize there's a lot of alternate art in modern right so like even mm-hmm. i specifically remember a windswept heath yeah and there's the old art of yeah. that it looks super different from a modern windswept heath and i had to tap marshall on the shoulder and be like i don't know what that card is <laughs> and the, the font on that one i feel like it's very thin oh yeah you can't like spidery font on yeah, that spidery it is a spidery font spidery font so you know that was a bit of a struggle for me that tournament yeah. but you learn you learn pretty quick yeah, when you're in the, sure you like <laughs> <laughs> in the cooker like uh, that. Next up is PT Shadows Over Innistrad in Madrid, April 2016. Back to standard. This is the beginnings of some decks that I remember as being like big players oh, for yes, a while absolutely. in their respective standard formats or environments. Um, Bant Company oh, was yeah. in this top eight. Just a single copy. No one really saw it coming yet um the black green sacrifice deck with catacomb sifter and zulaport cutthroat wow lsv played this in the top eight only copy of it in the top eight well maybe we've and it just became like a huge thing later the origins of black green sacrifice that we now see in decks like today we do see it today interesting um and steve rubin won with green white tokens a deck that just evaporated yeah. After that. Yeah, I remember But I that. most remember John Finkel played this six seasons past control deck. It was like a green black 
control deck. What the heck is Seasons Past? Four green green sorcery. You can return any number of cards from your graveyard with different CMCs. That's right. That's so right. So cool. And the, I remember them saying like only John Finkel could play this garbage deck and get so far yes. in the tournament with it. Yes, you exactly. Know, that was like one of the last times that John Finkel came back and was like, just so we're all clear, I can still win Magic Tournament. Just so you know, I am the greatest player. I'm still very good. And I can play this hot jank and still win. So there <laughs> How you go. about that? A pro tour Eldridge Moon was next up in Sydney of August 2016. Spooky Moon. Spooky Remember moon. the days when we got to say Spooky Moon yeah, all the time? Yeah, we called it Spooky Moon. I loved that. Standard tournament. Ooh, this was the start of Teamer Emerge. Do you remember Emerge. Team Elder Deep Fiend? Yeah, I do. Like and like people would just be like like the teamer merch decks would just be like trying to like counter tap each other's things all the time. Oh, yes, that's right. Because it just tapped everything. It taps down. things. And it so taps it was a, a bunch of things. Big tapping war between people. Yes. Icing their creatures. And it was down. also just like a real it was a cool deck. It was cool. Um Yeah, but Lucas Blohan won this one with a control deck. That's right. This was also where black white control came in. Um, I played this black-white control yep. deck later at my best GP finish. Yeah, in Minneapolis? Yeah. Yes, I remember really that. Really cool deck. Very good deck, that black-white control, yeah. that, that one with, like... I think like, Seth Manfield went on to win, like, two GPs with it, I want to say. It's like the one back that, to back. that you played, uh, what was it, the win condition that made a bunch of soldiers. Sand, yes. Sands. Whatever. Something Sands. Something Sands. You remember. I do remember. <laughs> um, next up... Pro Tour Kaladesh in Honolulu in October 2016. Um, a yeah. great one because it featured a control mirror as the finals. Yeah, I recall this tournament. I went down there just to hang out. I was not working it or anything. Yeah. Standard tournament. And I went into the tournament hall and saw it. And I'm like, is this still going on? <laughs> Two greats. Yes. Shota Yasuoka and Carlos Ramau, like excellent players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Shota was on Grixis control. Uh, Carlos Ramal was on Jeskai control. And it was all thanks to the power of our beautiful boy, wow. Torrential Gear Hulk. You know, I just read the words Torrential Gear Hulk on the screen here that you wrote down. And I had immediate, like, past memory reaction of, no. <gasps> Maria, no! I cannot wait until they give us Kaladesh remastered on Arena. And my, my best friend, Torrential Gear Hulk comes back to us tell everybody why torrential gear hulk is your best friend and my worst enemy okay when it comes when it comes into play one it has flash number two it's only six mana six mana and you can cast an instant out of your graveyard for free no no <laughs> it's impossible and it's like a five six this card is too good. It's so beautiful. It was absolutely format dominating for its I lifespan. Can't I can't believe I don't talk about it more. Neither can I, actually, now that yeah, you mention it. Yeah, now that it. we talk about it, like, I, ca I it honestly cannot believe. It was format defining. Yes, absolutely it was. Um, my best, my best um, PPTQ finish yes. was with a Torrential Gear Hulk deck. That's I right. won a PPTQ with, like, a blue-red control, oh. thanks to our beautiful... Beautiful boy, Torrential Gear Hulk. I can't say enough good words about him. Uh, but this is also, Maria, where we saw the beginnings of uh, Red, White, and Mardu vehicles with Smuggler's Copter wow. and the Raven Inspector. Smuggler's Copter, still legal. And Matt Nass showed up in this top eight with Teamer Etherworks. Oh, the really? first, Like the first one of it. 
that we see on like the big stage. And we are going to get to some more Etherworks shenanigans later in this recap. Etherworks, like what a, like, again, that's another one that was like format defining. Yes. Absolutely. It like skewed. It bent everything around it. It bent everything out of shape. Yeah. Um, And anyways, and I was just like, oh yeah, of course, like. Combo King Matt Nass. Yeah, it makes, totally like, makes sense. But I did not here know. Here we are way early. I did not know about this. Yeah, I did not me remember neither. that. Oh, that's really cool. Um, next up, PT Ether Revolt in Dublin, February 2017. This is the first PT that I worked. <gasps> wow. It was so rainy. What's your favorite memory? You got to go to Dublin. Yeah, I love Dublin. That Great was my city. favorite memory. Um, but yeah, the, <laughs> the top, top six. And I don't mean six of the top eight decks. I mean places one through six. <laughs> Or Mardu vehicles. Oh boy. Yep. I remember this. Oh. Uh, Lucas Esper Bear 2 won, of course, Mardu vehicles. Oh. Like, I just remember I just remember going into the beep, top beep. eight and we're like, I guess at least it's gonna be quick. I mean, yeah, it was a fast deck. Mm-hmm. This is where we saw the first beginnings of Black Green Delirium. Oh. which were like the turbo Emrakul decks later on. Is that this, led to Emrakul being banned. I'm noticing a trend here of sometimes seeing one copy in a top eight of a deck yeah. that goes on to then become the most popular thing. Absolutely. If I were to pull one trend from this, it's that especially kind of when we were talking about back when um formats were immediately after a set was released, was that there would be someone, like the field as a whole wouldn't have figured out yeah, what the best deck right. was but, but there was someone did. out there who was like on their way to figuring it out yeah it's a great point um which is really cool like when you talk about like why have these events yeah a lot of reasons um but i think that that's one of them is like one of the coolest things is like seeing these these origins of this stuff absolutely um pro tour almond cat up next happened in nashville of may 2017 standard tournament yeah this is where uh jerry thompson took the whole thing down with zombies that deck was cool it was a very crypt cool breaker. deck with crypt breaker yeah christian calcano i remember this made his oh, first top eight yes. and everyone was so happy for him because he's like he was like the poster for like just like hard working and really nice yeah and just like try yeah like trying so hard his interview i recall being very emotional this is the first time I think that I worked the news desk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my first time I worked the news desk and I got strep throat really, really bad. That's right. And I had to go to the doctor and I didn't have like insurance over there in Tennessee. And I was like, I need to go and do the show. I was feeling terrible because I'm like, I can't miss my first show where I'm on air. And the doctor was like, all right, we're going to give you, we're going to give you a double shot. So they gave me two shots for my strep throat right in my butt. And right I, in the butt. I had huge <laughs> bruises because they just jammed them in there. I missed one day of work. Next day came back. Oh, <laughs> News desk. What a story. But here's the other part. <laughs> this is the, also the pro tour where I learned to always have a backup plan yeah. because I was on air by myself with Luis Scott Vargas doing an interview about the tournament when I got told to stretch for approximately five minutes, which is a huge amount of time yeah. to stretch, especially when you just have like your little Maria and you wrote down your five questions. <laughs> And you're like, this will do me. And Deb was her name was a floor director. was like, stretch, stretch. And I was just like, uh, so how is the tournament? Like overall, 
going for you. Like the fear you feel in that moment yeah. is unlike any fear I've ever felt in my life. Um, and after it, he was like, some of those questions came out of left field. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, yep. <laughs> they did for me they too. Really did. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. This one had four teamer ether works in the top yep. eight. So yep. This is what we're seeing it. Ken Yukihiro began his trend of weird decks. Great. He had a weird black green energy, which I was like, I looked at the list and I was like, what is this? Great. You never see anything like it again. A plus. Thank you, um, Ken. And this was the time that Martin Mueller made the top eight. <laughs> had the <laughs> iconic interview with uh, BDM where yep. um, he dropped a big F-bomb. He right did, in the and he of did it twice. He did it twice. And, and BDM's face was just like, ah! It's a great moment. Everybody go watch it. It's um, You can find all the clips of just that on YouTube. They made a play mat of BDM's face like, oh! <laughs> great. <laughs> Next up, PT Hour of Devastation in Kyoto in July 2017. This is standard. Uh, the biggest thing I think here, yeah. Paolo Vitor Damodorosa gets his 12th career top eight and second win. Unbelievable. And I think that was the moment because he had also been on a, a tear. He had like maybe won a GP or two or something before yeah. then or top eighted at least. And people were just like, oh, like we're, we need to talk about PV as the best, like one of the potentially best players of all time. Absolutely. Um, as in the running for that. Yeah. Like also the one where, so there were five copies of Rami Nap Red in the top eight. So this was where mono, it was a mono red deck Ugh. and Rami Nap Ruins was a land that you could play where you could sacrifice it to deal two damage. Yeah. Sacrifice any desert to deal any two desert, damage yeah. to so your opponent. It was giving a deck that normally had no late game advantage, some yeah. late game reach. Also had Hazaret. Hazaret, yeah. And this is where, this was also known for um, Yam Ooh. Wing Chun's giant punt. Epic punt. Really just like. Oh, I I feel so bad for anyone who has this moment like this because yeah. like what a thing where he needed to draw like what he needed to draw a spell or something. I can't recall, but he I just know that he, he needed to be able to attack he, oh, with this hazard. He, he couldn't yeah, he couldn't attack with his hazard because he hadn't achieved the requirements for hazard to be a creature. Which is like you have to only have one or fewer cards in hand. Yep. And I wanna say that he had already had like a land and he needed to draw a spell and he did and he was so excited yep. that he went to he his forgot. attack step he forgot, with yeah. two cards in hand and he didn't cast it. If and you, you can't some... attack with the hazard. Nope. Like you just it he he missed the chance to and like what if you want to see, number one, you would like Schadenfreude. It. Number two, you want to hear an, uh, a call in the booth that is just like uh, unbelievable, so memorable. I remember Paul and Marshall calling yeah. this and just being like, they felt terrible for him, right? Oh, I'm sure. And um, they walked out of the booth. And if anybody thinks that it, the play from the players doesn't affect any member of the coverage team, you will, you're so sorely mistaken because coming out like Paul looked like he was like, inches from crying because oh he knows God. exactly how it yeah. feels where you're like you've worked so hard you're finally in a pro tour finals you've done it you're playing against one of the best players of all time you've got the you know the yeah. right card the right moment you've got the win and then you like you just have a moment right like it's yep. anyone can do it anyone can do it and he was a great sport about it by yeah. the way um oh, and gave a, a great gave a yeah. great show but like yeah wow real tough moment of magic real, history right there real rough um, next up, PT Ixalan in Albuquerque in November 2017. Real mixed bag here. <laughs> um, but Sam Eilenfeld made the top Yay! four when I became Pirate rookie Boy. of the year. That's right. Um, there was uh, the first instance or an early instance of Jeskai approach, um, an early instance of blue white God Pharaoh's gift. Ooh, God, God Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's gift. gift combo decks went on to be a huge thing. Huge thing. Um, and then there was lots, just lots of like four color energy stuff making use of the Scarab God. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 
Pro Tour Rivals of Ixalan was next up in Bilbao of February 2018. First modern PT in ages. Yeah, we're we, back with modern baby. We were talking a lot about standard. Bad. That's right. And they were so excited when we got yes. a modern PT again. I remember that. And jokes on them because <laughs> Lantern Control <laughs> took it down. Hey, do you know Ugh. what? Do you know what deck will rain on any parade? Lantern Control. And I say that as someone who has loved to play that deck. Yeah, this deck is the ultimate deck for people who hate everything in life. Louis Salvato won with this deck, by the Which way. Which is very funny because he's, he's someone who does he's so not nice. anything. No, he's so cheerful. He's wonderful. <laughs> um, but he he took that Lantern Control deck all the way to the finish line. Basically, it means once you've got your locked down, your opponent literally can't do anything. Yes. You've locked them out of the exactly. game. Exactly. Oh, it's Oof. beautiful. Lots of what I think we would call like this like this era of modern. Sure. Right? Which had humans, Death's Shadow, um, varieties of pyro, young pyromancer decks yep. ho- and hollow one. Yeah. And of um, course, Reed Duke was there on Abzan because <laughs> you can't, can't stop him. I mean, it wouldn't be a modern tournament, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I think that one was cool because it sort of, it shows the flavor of like where modern had gone at that time. Yeah, those, absolutely. From that cup, that That's span of years right there. Exactly. Those are the decks. Cool. <laughs> Up next, Pro Tour Dominaria in Richmond in June of 2018, a standard tournament. And Dominaria, a lot of people absolutely loved this set from Wizards. Oh, great Both draft. of us included. Great draft this format. This is the one where, uh, this is the, like, um, on camera, Sam Black drafted, yes. do you remember? He yeah. drafted like the black-white historic with like prime, what is it, primevals, primor, like the black-white legendary sorcery. That lets you put all these legendaries uh, back into play. Yep, yep, I remember. And it was, everyone was just like, everyone immediately wanted to go and draft that deck. Yeah, he's he's known for he, doing some really cool stuff in draft. Like, I just remember that was the first moment that I remember people being like, I just saw a, draft, a deck drafted that I need to go draft yes. immediately. Yeah, it was super cool. Everyone wanted to get online and draft it. Oh, Anyways. We love Dominaria. Yeah. Uh, the winner of this tournament was Wyatt Darby, who played Mono Red Aggro, and we talked about um, a really epic punt on camera. This is a really epic top deck on yes. camera. He was in the finals, game five of the finals, by the way, versus Gonzalo Pinto, and they were both playing like these red aggressive decks, and everyone thought, even including the commentators, like, there's no way Wyatt can get out of this. Yeah. But he top decks a glory bringer, and it turns out that that is Xaxes because Pinto did not have any removal in his hand. And they're like, actually, yes, he could have top decked yeah. glory bringer, exert the whatever. Whole time. Like, yes, this is it. And that is another yeah. great on camera win. Um, Absolutely. From Wyatt Darby, who went on to become a pretty big streamer yeah. and just an all around nice guy in Magic. For sure. Next up, PT 25th anniversary. This is a Team Trios constructed tournament. Yes. Happened right here in Minneapolis. Woo-hoo. Super fun. Um, Greg Orange on Blue White Control, Ben Hull on Hollow One, and Alan Wu on Death and Taxes. So those were Standard, Modern, and Legacy, respectively. Cool. Um, just like really, just like a cool, it was a cool tournament. Like uh, yeah. a Team Trios tournament was 
very cool. Everybody loves a team trios yes. tournament. Everybody. Because you get to play with your friends. You get to hang out. The win is not entarily on your shoulders. Yeah. Um, and like get people three to different root formats. For. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And hometown hero, Greg Orange, yeah. uh, taking that thing down. I feel like this was also one of the moments when people started recognizing. They were like, Alan Wu, who has gone yeah. on to also continue doing very well. Yes. Watching him play this Death and Taxes deck, multiple people were like, oh, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, and Alan Wu, um, still to, to this day, an incredible Magic player and yep. still at the top of the scene uh, for that tournament. Yeah, and we're going a little bit quicker as we get to these more recent ones. Although this was back in 2018, which Weird. Is, feels like two lifetimes. He was 10,000 years ago. Uh, PT Guilds of Ravnica in Atlanta, November 2018. Uh, Andrew Ellenbogen uh, of the took show. it down with Mono White Aggro, one time a Minnesota player. Yes. Um, this has a bluff that, like, the bluff heard around the world. Okay, so this bluff is one of the greatest all-time moments captured yeah. on camera in Magic. <laughs> Here's wow. what happened. Okay. Luis Scott Vargas was playing Jeremy Dazani. Both were playing Boros Aggro, very aggressive decks. Um, and uh, had some great cards. I could reminisce here. Uh, but LSV had a Danto the First Fort untapped and with mana to activate, which makes a little 1-1 token, right? Yeah. When you activate it. And while Jeremy Dazani was lining up his attacks and trying to think about, oh, how is Luis going to block? Luis pretended to be helpful and hand Dazani one of the tokens that Adanto the First Fort would create, which is a 1-1 lifelinking vampire, so that he could like figure out his blocks. He's going through, he's like, okay, what, what will Luis do if I do this, this, and this? Luis is like, oh, here, use this token because obviously I'm going to activate my Adanto the First Fort. What Dazani did not know was that Luis was full of beans and he had absolutely no plans to activate Adanto the First Fort and in fact, settle the wreckage him when he attacked with all of his creatures, sending them all in exile wow it was absolutely unbelievable i remember watching it from the gallery and everybody's sitting there like oh my god is he gonna how, like, no he's gonna settle him but what is he oh he's tricking him and i love it so much because it shows kind of the the other access that magic is played on that we don't often get to see at least so blatantly play on another game <laughs> which is mind games yeah. and i mean it's totally legal like yeah. you can bluff all you want in magic and we all we do all the time but this was just one of the more blatant bluffs wow. that anybody had ever seen and yeah he got away with it jeremy attacked settled the wreckage and luis won that game because jazani scooped on the spot yep i'm Sure. A plus. Um, this is also the year, like, at the end of this, Luis Salvato won Player of the Year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, after a completely wild schedule took him around the world. Yes, he worked for it and deserved it and is now yeah. the Player of the Year kind of into infinity because we... Yeah, because it stopped being a thing. stopped being a thing, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, because then we hit Mythic Championships. That's right. The first Mythic Championship, the rebranding yeah. of the Pro Tour series occurred in Cleveland in February of 2019 in the Standard Tournament. Yeah, this is the one that Autumn Burchett won with Mono Blue Tempo, and they dominated Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, and the like the first non-dude to win a yep. top-level tournament. Yeah, this was an incredible moment in Magic. It was historic. Yeah. And if not only for that, before I want to say... 
If you want to watch somebody pilot a deck with absolute mastery in a way I've never witnessed before, you can watch Autumn play this deck through that top eight. It's so good. The plays they make are far from intuitive and definitely, in fact, a lot of the time, the exact opposite of what people thought they should do at any given moment. But they had perfected the deck on stream. They'd played it a billion times and they knew it inside and out. And it was just incredible mastery on display. Really, really good. Um, Then we head to Mythic Championship 2 in London, which was modern once again. Um, Eli Loveman won with humans. And this was the biggest, you know, like the biggest thing, the test of the London mulligan. That's right. um, Which is the mulligan where you draw your seven and you put, you know, you can put them back on the bottom after you've mulliganed. This is just the normal mulligan rule now. But back then it wasn't that. It was a Vancouver mulligan, which allowed you to scry. That's right, which was the scry mulligan. Lest we forget yeah what, what a world I, we forgot to talk about the vancouver mulligan yeah that that one happened in there somewhere too it really did and every time people are like is this going to break the format um yeah. and that was a big question because especially in the modern tournament people really thought that like they were like oh is this um is this the one where like tron is just going to go crazy yeah, because, because they can draw a perfect hand they can draw a perfect hand they're less punished for taking those mulligans do you um, want to know a real bummer from this tournament what this is the one where um I'm ready. I'm ready for the bummer. Yu Watanabe was uh, was found to have marked sleeves. That's right. That was a huge bummer for a lot of people. Yeah, really. Like he was a hero. Like to so many people. To so many people. To so many people. Yeah. Like what a what a rough thing. What a loss to the community losing him as well. Um. Yeah, that was very very tragic thing that happened at this tournament. Yes. Like when I, unfortunately, when I think of like, yeah, you're right. This, it's like, that's what I think that's about. What happen- it happened. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. I know. Um, then we had uh, MC3 in Vegas in June 2019. Uh, Matias Leverado won with Simic Nexus. This is the first Magic Arena wow. like premiere event. Wow, cool. Yeah. This was like the biggest, flashiest tournament. There was still the flames being used. Yes. <laughs> like we skipped over the Mythic Invitational, which was the first time we kind of played on Arena yeah. at a big tournament because we're focusing on the Pro Tours. But um, it was wild to do that yeah. in this format. And it had like the biggest prize for those hundred thousand dollars for first place yeah which uh was the most money awarded to a first place finisher other than Mangucci's win at that yeah. invitational um and william jensen at the world championship yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah and world championships but uh kai buddha was in this top eight wow. like what a blast from the past just of being like hey i can still play magic yeah that, also <laughs> it was cool because wizards used this in uh, opportunity and they were like well yeah uh, kai buddha is gonna play in this so we're gonna see yep. some of the the new hots players and some of the players from back in the past then we had Mythic Championship 4 in Barcelona in 20, July 2019. This was modern. Um, yeah, this is Tron did take this one yeah, down. Yeah, so Tron did manage to yep. to find its place um, and Torolf Severin's hands. Yeah, what a delightful human. Yeah, Torolf really nice is guy. A++. Yeah, um, this these was, but this was MC Hogak. Yeah. MC Hogak. Um, and then there was also the Urza Thopter Sword combo. That's kind of cool. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Uh, Mythic Championship 5 in Long Beach just last October. Weird. Uh, which Javier Dominguez took down. Like, that's when we were just like, oh, yep, he's just 
He's just going to win everything, He's I guess. He's going to win everything. Because he was world champion at, the time. at this point. Yeah, he was. Um, oh, yep. And he brought Gruel Agro to this tournament, which was a really, like, I'm going to call it a little bit of a strange choice. Like, a lot of people thought it was not a good decision yes. to bring it into this tournament, which is a bunch of Field of the Dead decks. Yes. 33% of the meta. ran them over. Ran them over. Um, choo-choo. Yeah. <laughs> And field and Li Shitian, who had a buy into day two, also played like mono red cavalcade and made the top eight. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Great. Great deck. And this is where he also made his Hong Kong protests yeah. on broadcast, which was a really big thing at the time because a lot of other games were censoring their players from specifically doing Blizzard. This. Blizzard. Let's call it out. Yeah. It was Blizzard. Well, I don't want to just call out other games that weren't doing it when it's the one. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this is Field Field of the Dead was dead after that. Bye bye. And now it to the curb. continues to be dead in historic. That's right, <laughs> dead all around. <laughs> then we had um, yeah, Andre Strosky won winning Mythic Championship uh, six in Richmond in November. Um, yeah, took took down the whole thing with Simic Food and defeated Paolo. Yeah, and all this food was like- top eight. All food top eight except for two adventure decks. This is this Wolf. kind of the food era and where yeah. we're getting into the, yeah. Really busted stuff. Like food, green, ramp, etc. Which leads us into Mythic Championship 7 in Long Beach, which happened last December yeah. with Piotr Glugowski taking it down with Jund Sacrifice. What it's, a cool deck. Like, yes. That was, the deck was a lot of stuff that I think people were anticipating and no one anticipated that one being this, like being so good. And it became the deck yeah. basically for a while. I mean, it's yeah. remnants it's of still, it are still, still around. around. Korvold, the Fae Cursed King. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that was a fun tournament. That was a, that fun, was a tournament. fun tournament. And it was cool to see Piotr win with a deck he had been like championing. Like, yeah, he, he was like, this sure. is my deck. Well, there you go. Wow, we Memory really, lane. we really just like spun through it. What we an did all episode. of them. That was all of the pro tours since, since 2013. 2013. Some of them more memories than others. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And now we've got another one coming up here yeah. in just a couple, like just a couple week. days. No, um, it'll be a week. Uh, it's a one week. It's what, yep. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not this weekend, but next weekend. Right, next weekend. Yes. Um, to make some more memories at. You Aww, know what I mean? They're nice memories. <laughs> everybody big shout out to ultra pro for being one yes. of our amazing sponsors on this podcast and we love to show off the cool artwork they oh, use on their products look at this gorgeous play look mat. at this look at it it's so look at pretty it. listen to it <laughs> listen to it in your ears that's the sound of an ultra pro play mat slapping a microphone uh it's just gorgeous like yeah we love talking about magic art we love the work of many magic artists and it's just such a cool way to celebrate it and also just like a good place to go you can get literally anything you need do you want to look cool and keep track of your your life total with an abacus you, they've, they've got, got it. you covered they have an abacus life counter okay yes they've they got their sweet relic tokens bags, that you can like tokens. set power and toughness or use them to keep track of your life total yes on. any binders any deck yes. boxes any of that you need for anything at all maybe you've got a giant home. plush dice oh, i yeah. just smacked my microphone you can see my giant plus dice back there that's a gift for the gamer that is everything yes, right there exactly um, do you, you don't have a d20 the size of a small dog maybe you want to go to sleep with dreams of a nat 20 in your head exactly here you go that's the way to do it 
that's this episode of Good Luck High Ooh. Five. Thank you so much for uh, coming with us on this journey yeah. through our magical professional lives. We really hope that this helps you feel more connected to the Pro Tours yes. and the Mythic championships of the past so that like maybe you're more interested in tuning in in a couple of weeks and if you have any favorite memories you want us to know about please leave them down in the comments of this youtube video or you can tweet at us at glhf magic we would love to hear them yes absolutely and it was such a fun time going back through these as we were putting together the notes and just being like oh that's right like you know that scrap that nugget that little katamari damasi (laughs) sticky ball remember everyone yes the cold water is on the right um it is (laughs) i'm gonna go test this theory the next bathroom i'm in and that's a threat and like on the the ones that go that are just like you know it's to the the right is for cold Oh, wow. So it's pervasive. Okay. Um, Yeah. Thank you to everybody who's a patron. Just go to patreon.com slash GLHF magic. It'll take you two minutes and you become a supporter of the show and it makes all the difference to us. Yes, Yes. it really does. Thank you so much to everybody who joins our family. Uh, You get to head on to our cool discord channel for patrons and a lot of other cool stuff that's on our website. You can check that out. Check out cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Check out Ultra Pro. Check out your local game store for Ultra Pro stuff. And, you know, have a great day. Have a great day. (laughs)